0: i'm a god
1: well what if there is no i'm a god
0: there wasn't one today hello 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 and welcome to another episode of it's time to rewind a podcast stuck in its own time loop right along with the movies we discuss in this season we're taking a look at groundhog day after day after day after day I'm your host bubbleweed from flights tights and movie nights and in this episode we're discussing phil's 25th groundhog day that starts at 64 minutes and 30 seconds with sunny and sure on the clock radio and ends at 65 minutes and 17 seconds with the lights in the lobby of the cherry street inn flickering this episode does contain discussion about depression and suicide we try to keep things light here but if that's a sensitive subject for you to listen to, you might want to skip ahead to episode twenty-eight. And once again, I'm joined by the Verne from Cinema Recall. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, glad to be back on here to talk about suicide. Yes, uh, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep things light. We're gonna keep things, you know, fun dealing with uh, sensitive subjects. Uh, this movie Groundhog's Day is rated PG. Um, I'll ask you this, do you think that the PG rating would still hold up today, or would it be bumped up to PG-13? I
0: think that it would probably still stay at PG, because there, like, there's no swearing, there's no yeah. nudity, and the violence is, you know, even though we do get a, a couple serious moments of violence, it is bookended by you know so much humor plus the fact that it is inconsequential violence i i think the, the maybe the only iffy thing would be the morgue scene which we'll talk more about later whenever we get to it
1: okay yeah all right cuz um even before this before phil's uh the phil character gets really depressed and you know thoughts of suicide i'm thinking about the, the scenes where uh you know he's Robin, uh, armored truck and h- how he's manipulating those girls to sleep with them. Uh, I-, I think that you're right. It would probably still stay at a PG rating, but the rating system is just so bizarre in the way that it wants to kind of like <sighs> censor things and not censor things and how people feel back then about subject versus now about it. Um, so I just find that to be kind of fascinating with the whole ratings because there are some r-rated movies that feel very pg-13 there's some pg-13 stuff that goes well that could possibly be an r uh my perfect yeah, example it's like most
0: most of the marvel movies you know they can kill dozens of soldiers but as long as there are no blood yeah then it's pg-13 it's
1: pg-13 it's just yeah kind of kind of like Bizarre other words out there, and especially when we get into our day-to-day uh, with him uh, actually seeking out suicide. Because when Phil was in the truck with the groundhog, uh, I know he was at the end of his rope. Uh, he talked to Rita before saying that he had to stay with her, and he tried smashing the clock. but That didn't really work. He still stuck in the time loop. Uh, now, since he was there to see the Groundhog for his work project, he's thinking the Groundhog has to be responsible for why I'm stuck here. So he decides to uh, kidnap the Groundhog and do like a suicide pact with the Groundhog because... Yeah, it's he like, uh, I'm
0: going to kill you, but I'm, not, you're, I'm I'm taking myself
1: with you. Yeah, like, because he's, he's thinking that the Groundhog has to have something to do with this. This sort of mystical power that the Groundhog has... And so he decides to just end it by driving off a cliff with the groundhog. Didn't work. Uh, He still wakes up.
0: Yeah, he wakes up and he says, "On nuts." Mm -hmm. So that I I think that specifically is a very clear indication that he didn't think that he was going to wake up the next day because he wakes up and he's like, "On nuts, I'm Mm -hmm. still alive. It's still Groundhog Day. It didn't work."
1: Oh, Uh, then he decides to. Do something that I have seen play in cartoons before. Mm. It takes the whole put a toaster and bring it to the bathtub with them. Now, I don't think a toaster has that much power to electrocute someone to death. I mean, uh, I, now he has brings up like a four toaster, like a, a yeah, it's with, a four, four slice
0: four. toaster. It's not yeah. just the two slicer. It's it's a four slicer. And also, I I was thinking about this because, you know, most modern homes, they have GFCI outlets in the bathrooms, anything that's near water, as well as circuit breakers. And they're all designed to trip and basically shut off the electricity if there's any power surge that would be caused by, like, dumping a a live toaster in the bathtub.
1: Now, if this was taking place, like, maybe... In the, I would say, 50s? Well, I, I do
0: think because the, the Cherry Street Inn itself, it's it looks like it's from an earlier time. Like all, all the decorations and the TV and everything feels like it's from the 70s. Yeah. So it, it could possibly not have that updated wiring. I mean, the outlet is just a standard outlet. It, it's not a... A GFC outlet that that has the, like two little square buttons in the middle, because uh, that that's definitely a more modern a modern thing. But it's possible that it it doesn't even have like circuit breakers, so it it's possible that this could have worked. Even though I I don't even think that that would actually work in that situation with a toaster in that way.
1: Do you think the filmmakers chose? this toaster oven just in case someone maybe decided to try it. Well, I think like you said, it,
0: it, it um, it calls back to a lot of cartoons cause that, that was yeah. a very cartoonish method of suicide. And so that that helps give it a level of unreality. This is something that you see in cartoons and, and it feels very cartoonish, especially like with the, the flickering lights right afterwards.
1: Well, not only that, this is something you see Bud's Bunny do to Elmer Fudd. You Mm -hmm. know, just like a little joking thing. And uh, if someone actually did try to do it, you're right. You know, the whole house would just shut down and wouldn't actually electrocute you. I'm sure it probably gives someone a shock, but I don't think it would be enough to kill anyone. I don't know. And folks, do not try this at home at all. Don't even, like, do it as a joke to your little brother or sister or whatnot. We're saying this right now, uh, here on this podcast. Do do not do anything that we say here. So just because cartoons do it doesn't mean that you should do it. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. No. No. Hitting your brother with a mallets.
1: Yes. They're, they're not going <laughs> to see
0: birds. They're just going to black
1: out. Yeah. Uh, uh. But yeah, I I, I just the he just goes into a shock and actually I like the fact too it doesn't actually show him being electrocuted. Yeah, it's completely
0: off screen, and and instead we just see Miss Lancaster saying, oh, my God, and, and like, finally putting two and two together in her head, where she, like, connects the dots, and she's like, oh, that's why he took the the toaster. It's, oh, oh, no. Yeah,
1: she's she's not the the braised bulb there. Uh, Very, very nice lady, Uh, but when he comes down there to grab the toaster, she just doesn't think anything of it. She just probably thinks, oh. He's just going to have his toast in his room. Okay, that's fine. He'll bring it back. Uh, he's not going with it because he actually goes upstairs. And, uh, the, uh, other times that, because this would be the first time she actually met him because in usual past loops, uh, he just asked about an espresso machine and they talked vaguely about the weather, um, now I'm pretty sure I'm not quite sure about this time loop, but if he's waking up again, uh, he definitely ran past the guy who asked him if he came to see the groundhog. Yeah, and then and
0: Phil refers to him as pork chop.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess I, I I didn't it would be it would have been nice to sort of see him kind of like be there when he walks up the stairs with the toaster oven and have like some sort of interaction. Yeah, so
0: you know we see. Miss Lancaster, you know, come to the realization, and this is kind of the first time where we see the day continue on after Phil has basically passed away. I mean, I guess you could say that it did continue on a little bit in the in yesterday's day, and then we'll see it happen a, a more in the, you know a later day. So the day actually continues on even though Phil is dead. Like, do you think that Miss Lancaster like blames herself for not huh. <laughs> stopping him and whenever he grabbed the toaster in the first place?
1: I don't think she'd really realize anything until afterwards. Then I'm sure she feels upset that someone died in her room. And then I'm pretty sure instead of covering the whole Groundhog's festival, it turns into suicide at the Cherry Tree Lane, and that's what the news story is all about. Uh, I can totally imagine Larry taking over and becoming a news reporter to cover about it, and then there'll be a whole expose, exposés and stories about depression, and, uh gosh, I'm blatant on, oh, uh, gosh, it's horrible. I'm blinking on Bill Murray's name right now. Why can't I? Phil Connors. Phil Connors. Gosh, <laughs> I just, oh, Phil Connors. I I always call him Neil Page, but that's the guy he meets on the street. Okay, Phil Connors. Uh, So Larry wants to have expose by expose, talk about Phil Connors suicide, depression, and Rita becomes uh, the producer of that show. I can almost imagine that Larry will have his own talk show where he brings (laughs) in people. He'd be like a self-help guy, and he brings people onto his show that are feeling depressed and alone and helps solve their depression and uh, he starts up his own suicide hotline uh, in honor of Phil. Um, call it... I actually, no, he would make his own uh, antidepressant pills and call it Phil's pills. <laughs> Just, uh, if you ever feeling down, if you're ever feeling down, get Phil's pills. Phil's pills. Sorry, I'm working on a jiggle for that and I shouldn't be doing that. But I didn't almost imagine that that's what would happen if when uh, Phil did electrocute himself, then... The thing would go on and uh, Larry would become this talk show guy, kind of like a Dr. Phil. Actually, Larry would call himself Dr. Phil and then later, later sue the Dr. <laughs> Phil for using his name. Trademark infringement. Trademark infringement right there. So I can just totally imagine that's what happened because Larry's like, no, man, this is my show. I'm that actual real Dr. Phil. I help people. You're a tool. Knock it off. <laughs> And then the actual Dr. Phil ends up getting more famous, which caused Larry to become a little bit more depressed. And then maybe Larry just took his own time loop. I don't know. That's just an idea for maybe another movie. Uh, He's got to start
0: taking his own Phil's pills.
1: Phil's pills. I know. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I can just totally uh, imagine that. Um, I... I think just the whole setup of Phil just grabbing the toaster without really saying any word, and you know exactly what he's going to do. It's different than when you see kind of Suicide Done in other movies. Uh, Just because you know that he's going to come back. I mean, this isn't going to be like a drama where someone really suffering through mental illness and kills himself. Uh, This is done very tongue-in-cheek, very humor is just the way it's all about the tone like the music mm-hmm. in there it's very light very happy. yeah and, and i
0: think it is i i didn't even really think about the fact that but you're right he doesn't have any lines the the only lines that we get in this day is miss lancaster like asking you know how did you sleep and you know did did you want some toast and then afterwards or she just says oh my god
1: yeah and that's just really, it's all just, like, visual cues. And even the way, because I think that even how it's framed, everything is done kind of, like, in wide shot. There's not any, like, close-ups of his face and the toaster. When he goes into the bathroom, he just kind of sits in the bathtub, everything's still in a wide shot, and then he just, and we don't, we don't actually see him drop the toaster. We just see him get in the bathtub, and then we just kind of know from the sound yeah, the lights and, uh, flickering out. Lights flickering out, and her reaction—exactly mm-hmm. what is happening in that scene—and yeah, it's it's dark, but it's a darkly funny. Um, I, I'm sure that her rainbow took to much more absurd, very dark levels. Yeah, and then
0: there was there was a, a background detail that I noticed uh, in that moment with the lights flickering. Uh, behind Miss Lancaster on the right there's like a small tapestry and it's uh it says unselfishness and then right below it it looks uh it's something that looks kind of like a bed do you think that that was just like random set dressing or or do you think that that is like just a, a little bit of background foreshadowing because you know you could say that his selfishness is what keeps Phil stuck in Groundhog Day, and it's not until he learns to become unselfish that he breaks the loop eventually.
1: You know, that could be a very good point, and it's something that's so subtle that I don't think I really noticed it right away. And I was trying to find like different background things in this movie because it has been a few years since I have seen it um but that that's definitely a good point and i'm not all gonna doubt that i totally believe that filmmakers every shot and everything they put into a scene is there for a reason uh either subconsciously um or intentionally everything in a shot is exactly what a director wants it to be now uh I know that Harold Ramis is not going to shoot scenes over and over again the way that some other directors do. Uh, I can almost imagine if, like, a David Fincher directed this movie or a uh, Stanley Cooper. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just of all the level, attention to detail. And uh, Harold Ramis has worked for a while. I mean, he directed National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, We mentioned Stripes. Uh, we mentioned Caddyshack, um, and I he did write Ghostbusters, and I can almost imagine that Hill Remus, because Ghostbusters was made in 84, and I believe that both Caddyshack and Stripes were made before that, and I can almost imagine since Hill Remus has a director eye that he helped out Ivan Reitman a lot on certain shots of that movie, and uh, the same could be said... Uh, For Groundhog's Day, I'm I'm pretty sure that even Ivory, I mean, probably, I'm I'm not saying he did, but since everyone's kind of friends with each other, I can almost imagine that people got together and, you know, helped each other out with with scenes. Um, Like, I know that Steven Spielberg helped out Brian De Palma with the making of uh, Scarface. Like, in the big shootout scene that Tony Montana has at the end of the movie, uh, parts of that were shot by Steven Spielberg. And he just came onto the set one day to do that. Uh, I don't have any facts at all about Groundhouse Day if I have the right me came along, but I can almost imagine that they're also friends that that could happen. Yeah, I,
0: I I could see that happening. You know, I I know that that you already mentioned that that you kind of got lost pretty quickly in in terms of you know and the the different the various time loops in this movie. But if if you had to put a number on it, how long do you think you would say that Phil is has been trapped in groundhog day at, at this point in the movie here where he's like in his depressive
1: spiral. I I I'm going to say possibly a year. I would going to go for that year because I'm pretty sure when he was uh kind of like uh seducing those girls and, you know, Robin, the uh, the armored truck, I'm sure he did that a bunch of times, probably bought a bunch of stuff. I'm pretty sure he may have bought his own house and <laughs> decided to just, you know, flaunt that he had a lot of money and just probably just decided to go, OK, I'm going to find all the good looking girls in town and I'm going to basically be their man of their dreams. And he just did that for a while and then he's kind of, kind of bored of it. He's like, you know what? I just, I, I, I see it's the same thing because someone just these girls for one night, and he, uh that's it. He just can't do any much more with that, and he decides to talk to everyone in town, and he becomes their friends. And you know, I pretty much imagined if you only had just one day, and a day kept repeating itself. There's a lot of things you can do in one day. There's a lot of things that can happen mm. in one day. Um, and I'm pretty sure that he decides to make the best of it and do all that he can and try to be, you know, cordial. But at the same time, too, he's like kind of doing things for himself. So he's still very selfish and it works for him for a little bit. And I'm sure he probably has done this stuff for at least a year. I'm going to say a, at least a year doing the same thing, and then uh, he just tries things out with Rita, and we don't know exactly how long he's been trying to get information about her, but I imagine that he tried to do that whole thing with Rita, getting to know her, like the little things, that had at least taken several months to do, to get it just right, so that she would warm up to him on the first day, because he knows a lot about her, and to go through all that work, and to have it keep backfiring on you, you know, had to put him into a very low, low, stump, low stump right there. Yeah, I can see
0: that. So is there anything else there that you wanted to say about this loop? The, uh, you know, the, the toaster.
1: The toaster incident? right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, very it's, it's a funny it's a funny moment, um, even though it deals with kind of a dark thing. Uh, it's still done in a very comedic way. Uh, I think that uh, Harold Ramis did a really great job shooting everything and kind of a, a wide kind of a, a scope right there. So we don't actually see Phil's eyes, because I think if we saw his eyes, then the, the tone would be different. And also, like I said, music. Music is a big key right there. I mean, the soundtrack itself is not as dour, as you would he- see in other movies dealing with the subject. So I thought that we're just w- fine. Yeah, all right.
0: Well, it's uh, thanks again for joining me once again. And uh, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you online.
1: Well, of course, Matt. Well, of course, you can find the Cinema Recall podcast uh, online at Uh You can also uh, check us out on facebook just search for cinema recall podcast we have a group called crack uh chitra as well uh but yeah that's it all
0: right and as always i'm bubble wheat and you can find me at flights tights and movie nights.com. you can find me on twitter at bubble and you can find the show it's time to rewind on anchor.fm as well as anywhere else where you listen to podcasts we also have a Facebook group. It's time to rewind a time loop group, where you can join that and discuss the uh, episodes of the show as well as time loop movies, TV shows, memes, uh, just about anything else there. And uh, I, I got nothing. I am still working on this. Hopefully, hopefully by the by the end of this season, maybe I'll, I'll have something good to end the show with. But I will see you on the next loop.
1: I'm a god. Well, what
0: if there is no term? I'm a god? There wasn't one today. I got you, I got you, Would you like some uh, toast? Oh.